Hi, I'm Kamalini Roy, a growth acceleration coach for entrepreneurs. I'm on a mission to help thousands of entrepreneurs achieve their most ambitious goal, create massive wealth, but more importantly, live a life of fulfillment. Welcome to my successful entrepreneurs podcast. This podcast will bring to you many simple success stories, success tips from successful entrepreneurs. And here we will discuss ways to become successful, which you as an entrepreneur and as a leader can implement quite easily. And if this is what you would like to hear to make your business profitable through simple ways, then go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay tuned in for all the success talks given by successful entrepreneurs. And please do remember to bring your journal and pen to take down notes. I promise you, there will be lots and lots of notes to take. So here we go. Let's start. Hello, everyone. I'm extremely excited to introduce today's guest to you. His name is Himanshu Kohli, and he is the co-founder of Client Associates. Himanshu has 20 years of experience behind him in the areas of investment banking and private banking. And before he started off as an entrepreneur, he worked with Deutsche Bank, private banking, Merrill Lynch, and London for Fating Group. He has earned the distinction of pioneering the concept of family office in India and has run an extremely successful wealth management firm for the past 20 years. Client Associates has a track record of two decades and is now present in six cities with more than 120 employees with 3.7 billion assets under advice. And year on year for the past five years, it has been the winner of CNBC TV 18 Best Financial Service Advisors Award for five years. Himanshu, I am so excited to have you on my podcast today. Thank you very much for accepting my invite. Goma, it has always been a pleasure to meet up with you as an industry partner. And now in this new avatar where you are also nurturing uh, or interviewing various entrepreneurs, it's my pleasure to be here on your show and uh, share some of the thoughts which uh, will be around some of the questions or thought processes we would want to uh, get from me. Manju, you were an extremely successful, pri uh, successful private banker and you worked with the top private banking firms of the world. What is it that made you suddenly dream up of being an entrepreneur, change your path, give up everything that you had, whether it was money, whether it was the comfort of a great job? What was your purpose? What was that big why that drove you to starting Client Associates? I would say, uh, Kamlini, first seven and a half years of my career, I was fortunate to work with some of the finest brands institutions, whether it was Merrill Lynch, Deutsche Bank. Uh, in fact, uh, I've enjoyed working over there and I could see there is a market which is going to evolve and grow exponentially. Uh, so one, there is a huge, huge opportunity because wealth creation in India just started, what, 25 years back. Uh, let me just give you some data. 
2002, when we started Client Associates, you used to hear a billion dollar story or a unicorn being formed once in five years. Uh, last 12 months, there are 18 billionaires which have been added in the our society, which means every three weeks, there is a billionaire which is getting added. So we could see that India is going through a shift. Uh, wealth is going to spread out and it's going to grow to different professions, different set of entrepreneurs. It will not be restricted only to traditional uh, business houses. So hence, opportunity is huge. But if this opportunity is increasing, you also need to follow a model which can work purely around client-centricity. So in a job, uh, you always had a conflict because you wanted to be loyal to your clients uh, because that's where your business comes from. But you also wanted to be loyal to your institution because that's where your job salary designation comes from. And you keep on maintaining that fine balance between the two. And uh, 18, 19 years back, uh, uh, we were much younger we could clearly visualize uh, our career ahead, which could be another 25, 30 years. We said it could be a beautiful opportunity because one side market opportunity is going to increase many fold. Uh, though it's not easy to come out of the comfort zone because you were getting a certain fixed salary on a monthly basis, your family keeps going. Also, we come from a humble background that uh, it's not that there was a financial backing or family which will support you have to look after yourself. But that calling was so good uh, that it gave us the confidence to step out of the comfort zone and uh, start client associates. I'll give you two more instances. In fact, I can relate with it. Uh, one is 98 when I lost my job. When I lost my job and I was looking for a job, uh, I was very shy. Uh, but uh, Private banking was opening up at that point in time and DSP Merrill Lynch uh, gave me a job at that point in time. So I got a job within a span of 30 days. I got three offers. Uh, so my fear of uh, failing somewhere and getting a job done uh, or getting a job again back into the corporate world uh, was taken care of. My daughter was born uh, on 21st of February 2002. When she was born, I received a call and I was in the hospital and one client called up and he said, uh, uh, he called up for some work and he could figure out that I'm at a place outside. And he asked me, I said, I'm blessed with a baby girl. So he uh, really uh, complimented me. He said, that's a great, wonderful news, Himanshu. You don't worry, I'll call someone else for work. And uh, one, thing which, one thing which he said before keeping the phone, Ab to Lakshmi ghar par you know, that statement kept on echoing in my thoughts, in my mind, day in and day out, that day. And that gave me that push, which is what I was looking for, that up to Lakshmi ghar par up to Himmat So my notice period at the bank was exactly 90 days. So 21st Feb 2002, she was born. Client Associates was born on 21st May 2002, exactly 90 days later. So that prompted me. So the purpose was to do something meaningful, to do something in a client-centric manner. And we said this: there is a huge opportunity. And a couple of things gave the confidence to 
uh, come out of that comfort zone and start client associate. So, and rest all is history. I love the thought process that you all wanted to change the market from being product pushers to being actual true advisors and be an extension in the form of a CFO for your clients and manage their money honestly as advisors. Um, lovely story, Himanshu. And what I really liked is how you spoke about developing self-confidence because you realized that after having seen failure once, you could get back on your feet and get your job in 30 days time. So you had enough faith to know that even if something in your business went wrong, you had that confidence that you could get back into the corporate world once again. So there were two takeaways for me out here and they were brilliant ones. Himanshu, that leads me to the next question. And uh, you know, everybody knows that businesses, there are very few businesses who can actually last more than five years. In fact, data shows that less than 10% um, of businesses actually last out more than five years. And you all went through a struggle in the first five years in the sense that uh, you said you didn't even know whether you could get three lakhs into uh, the kitty or not. But year on year after that, you all have grown beautifully. You all have become so successful. You all are a brand name in the market today. Could you share a few tips which entrepreneurs can follow from you, simple steps, how you felt you could build your business year on year. Markets have gone through ups and downs. Uh, many wealth management firms have been washed out, but y'all lasted it and y'all are growing every year in spite of it. Could you share a few tips as to how y'all did this? So first, uh, Roma, I would say uh, we were very lucky. We were fortunate because 2002 is when we started. It was immediately after September 11th, uh, which happened in 2001. Things were really low. And uh, uh, economy started picking up from 2003 onwards. Market started picking up from that time onwards. So we also got the benefits of the tailwind. So I would say we were very lucky. Second, uh, uh, we just were focused on our own dream. Like uh, I always say, I have been a great dreamer. In fact, right from my childhood days, my favorite program used to be Mungiri Lal Ke Haseen Sapne. So I used to watch that program and I always uh, had dreams at all points in time, whether I was in a school, whether I was in a college job, even when I started client associates. And that dream was to set up one of the most admired wealth advisory platform from India. And uh, when both Rohit and I, we sat down and we said, if this is the dream which we are pursuing, we were both very passionate about it, but there are certain baby steps which we need to take how would that dream be accomplished? So we said there are going to be three pillars which will drive our journey as we go forward. One, create the best team. It's a profession which is of knowledge. Uh, it's uh, something which you, you may be good, but if your dream is to be the most admired, you need to aggregate knowledge and you need to really build up a like-minded team, which is what we call as the best team. So that is something which was the first pillar. And if I look back, I think last 18, 19 years, maximum energies have gone in terms of building up that team. Uh, I remember a time 18 years back when if we have to meet up with someone, uh, the guy would refuse to come to Gurgaon because Gurgaon is very far off from Delhi and our office was in Gurgaon. 
So we said, no problem, we'll come closer to your home or your office and meet you in Barista. And rather than taking the interview, we were giving our own interviewer, we were selling our own vision. So attracting talent was very difficult. But if I look back today, we have built up a team of about 150 of us. And all of us have worked with some of the finest brands, global, Indian banks, non-banks, and all of us have tasted those things. But one thing which is very, very unique and common between us is we all want to be on client side, client first. So that is something which is we did, which actually kept us motivated because we wanted to launch something which is very, very unique and very, very different. Second, uh, uh, we felt we need to focus on some of the best clients. And typically family office goes with a billion dollar families or multifamily office goes with hundred million dollars families. First year, it was very difficult even to get the first client, but we got five in first one year. And from five to today's 750, I would say coma 95% plus have happened purely through word of mouth references. You do a good job. You uh, keep on working hard. Uh, don't compromise on anything. Just focus on client centricity and work just follows and clients are growing. As I mentioned, wealth creation has increased many fold in India. So if our clients grow, we also get the chance to grow with them. And third is follow the best practices or maybe launch some of the finest practices in the market. So we actually spent three weeks in writing down what will help us to relate with our purpose. So our purpose was to actually practice your passion uh, and make it a profession whereby we can practice this wealth management in a client-centric manner. And that is something where we wrote down 11 business principles which will help us to relate with this passion, this purpose of our life. I will not go into all those 11, but if you ask anyone at Client Associates, what are top three things which you are known for? It is three T's, trust, talent, and transparency. That has become the foundation of our organization. So best team, best clients, best practices is what we kept focusing on. And we got the benefit of the tailwinds of market rising from there. And uh, things just fell in place. So I think uh, our timing uh, was right. And second, we had time on our side. And third, maybe luck played the role. Maybe the courage or the uh, encouragement from our friends or entire universe played a role that we kept on going year after year. So first five years, we succeeded, uh, we survived. And then we thought uh, the next phase is keep on growing from there itself. So we have been able to grow over last 18, 19 years. And today we manage uh, about uh, three and a half billion dollars uh, with about uh, 150 of us and working with 750 families. Manju, I loved your three pillar concept of best team, best client and best practices. And uh, that makes it so clear. The other thing which I took away, which you kind of alluded to, is that the entire team bought into your vision. And it is only when the team buys into your vision that they are ready to jump in with full commitment. Otherwise, it's very difficult to get your team players to perform unless they see what you are trying to see. So you gave them great clarity as to where you wanted to take your business. 
The other thing which I took away and it's very important for entrepreneurs to have is to have a code of honor for the company, something that binds the company together. And you have 11 business rules, which is the code of honor for the company, resting on very, very strong value systems and the three T's that you mentioned of trust, mm-hmm. talent and transparency. You know, businesses feel that they can just develop a culture or whatever culture emerges is the culture that stays. But if from the beginning, the entrepreneur ensures that he's creating the culture, he's putting down those set of rules, which the whole company has to follow, then just by virtue of for everybody knowing that culture, the company can move forward together. So lovely takeaways, Himanshu, thank you for that. And that takes me to the next question, though I've kind of already got an insight into it. But if you could help us with a few things that you did to retain your talent. I mean, I've known people in your company who've worked forever. I, I've I've known you since 2002, Himanshu. I've, uh, like you said, as an industry partner, being in wealth management, uh, financial services, I've seen some people who have been there forever in your company. How do you manage? Because entrepreneurs feel that the only reason why people leave is for money. But you have proven that the highest salary paymasters are not necessarily the attractors of talent. You've managed to keep back people for very, very long periods of time. Can you share a few things that you've done which has held back your talent? So I would say, uh, one, again, we are very fortunate that we got very good people. Uh, people who believed in this value system, people who could relate with this culture. In fact, they have actually helped us to enhance this culture and values what we started with. So I can say, for example, Naval joined us right on the second day of Client Associates. He's still here. He manages a large team. Rahul Nair joined us within first three months of starting Client Associates. So what we feel is uh, maybe we could relate with some of these people. They could relate with us. They could relate with the vision. They could help us achieve our vision. Uh, there are a couple of things which uh, really help us. And I would give you examples, Koma. One is uh, you actually nurture these people and say, this is not another job. This is a career move for you. Uh, you are becoming like a professional entrepreneur over here you come and practice this profession uh, in a client-centric manner and manage your set of clients without any pressures of pushing products. Uh, That is something which has helped. Second is spending good amount of quality time with them, understanding them, understanding their families, knowing them, knowing what are their strengths, uh, how can you enhance those strengths? What are the areas which they need to work upon? Can you give them a support on those areas? Third, I would say, Uh, besides office, which is very formal, informally spending time with them. So to me, I would say one thing which comes very naturally is sports. I have been a sports person throughout my career, uh, whether it was in school, college. Had my parents given me a choice, I would have become a sports professional. But uh, fortunate for me, I can play different kinds of sports. And uh, our organization has produce so many sports people. And uh, there are various occasions, whether it's on the weekend or early morning or late evening, we always have been finding time to connect with each other, either on a tennis court or a football field or playing a match of cricket or playing carom board. So some of those things 
also helped us to create a really a good bond with each other. So when I travel to or used to travel to my branches because last 10 months I have not traveled, but used to travel to my branches, always the intent used to be how do we spend an evening, which is not about drinking, but it is about getting to know each other, maybe knowing their families, uh, they getting to know us. So spending time with their spouses, with their parents, sometimes with their kids, uh, which is something which uh, uh, comes very naturally to us. So I would say providing a great work culture, giving them freedom, uh, giving them space, uh, getting the best out of them by looking at their strengths. Uh, that is something which has helped us to actually retain the talent. And I would say today, whatever little bit success which we have achieved, and I have the honor to be on your show, 90% uh, plus credit goes to the team because they have actually helped us to grow. So they are the reasons behind our little bit of success. Uh, and uh, uh, we are really lucky or fortunate that way that we have been able to build up that like-minded team and which is also the first pillar which we said uh, to achieve the dream of being the most admired, we have to build up the best team. One thing which we uh, actually crafted as a part of our core team in 2017, when we said next five years plan, which is 2022, we want to be the most admired uh, uh, private banking team in the country uh, or the best places to work in private banking industry in India. So it's a very simple dream, not the best places to work in India, not the best places to work in private banking in the world, but in India, if someone says, I have to make a career in private banking, can client associates be that place where people would like to come out of choice and build their careers rather than taking a job over here. Wow, Himanshu, lots of takeaways. So creating a workplace, which is a career of choice for people out of all private banking uh, outfits in India. What I loved about what you said is you all have built a culture of a company that works together and plays together. And I think that's a beautiful balance that you have brought in. And one more thing which entrepreneurs do not give focus on, and it's amazing to hear that you all have given focus on it, is to know your employees beyond work. The fact that you said that when you travel, you try to meet their parents, their families, their children, talk about personal things, personal challenges. It just increases the feeling of belonging mm -hmm. and every employee wants to belong to an organization. And you all have created that culture of belonging. And I must share, uh, Himanshu, that in my first organization, and you know the team very well, when we were Standard Chartered Mutual Fund, that is exactly what our CEO used to do. And the team leads also used to ensure, Emron, Naval, all of them, Rajivanand, all of them used to ensure that they get to know the employees beyond work. And it just increases the feeling of belonging. That's it then your workplace is not your workplace anymore. So thank you for sharing. No, no, in fact, uh, I must and, add last few months, uh, uh, we have been all working from home and we are encouraging people to work from home. One thing which we felt which is missing is uh, the energy flow. So these days, uh, every day I actually have one meeting with someone, maybe in an open space, uh, meet over lunch. Uh, just the idea is to exchange that energy 
It was work is all happening from the workplaces, whether it's on the telephone, Zoom, thanks to media. We are also doing this discussion on a Zoom call right now. So all the work can happen, but that human element. So it also gives me a lot of energy when I speak to them and I am able to pass on that energy to them because they give me that positive energy. When I'm coaching entrepreneurs, one thing I've noticed is entrepreneurs keep on plowing back their money into their business. They do not understand the importance of creating their own little investment portfolio other than the money they are plowing back into their business. So either it's expenses, which is personal expenses, or it is business expenses. There is no con uh, concept of an investment portfolio. Now, I wasn't aware of this during my wealth management or financial services stint because I used to only meet people who did you know, portfolio management. But that is not the way it is with 90% of entrepreneurs. They don't have an investment portfolio when they start out. They start thinking of it 15, 20 years later if they make some money. Can you shed some light on this? And what is it that you would like to share with entrepreneurs since this is what your business is about? Right, so uh, one, the concept of uh, personal wealth and business wealth, there is no demarcation between that. So typically an entrepreneur, if you see their personal life circle and professional life circle, I think it's one circle which is overlapping, uh, but there needs to be a demarcation over there. You need to segregate and say business is business and personal wealth is personal wealth. Uh, I can give you, in fact, one instance which uh, really prompted us uh, and where we started the concept of succession planning at Client Associates. I used to work for a family. Uh, I was their wealth manager or advisor or a distributor when I used to work for DSP Merrill Lynch in Bombay. And these two brothers, uh, they were running a manufacturing business, which was doing fairly well. And it was growing at about 20%, 25% per annum with a decent EBITDA margin of 20, 25% but everything used to remain always in business. And uh, there was no demarcation of private wealth versus business wealth. And uh, this family, they were very nice, very grounded. They always used to entertain you, but the surplus wealth, which used to be there in the business used to be parked only in money market funds uh, because uh, they always felt that business will require this money and at some point in time, we'll pull it out. And however hard I tried to convince them, I could not convince them because their notion was my business has zero risk and it has the potential to create the highest return, which I don't deny that it has the potential to create the highest return, but risk, whether it is zero or it is controlled or it is uncontrolled, that's debatable. And I remember in 99, they showed me a term sheet that uh, there is a global uh, MNC, which is one of the Fortune 500 companies wanted to buy 30% stake in their business and were ready to pay 150 crores for that 30% stake and valued the business at 500 crores. And they asked me, what is your view on this? Frankly, Kuma, I didn't have an idea about the valuation because I didn't know the balance sheet or the financials of the company, but what really struck me is uh, something like this brand wants to enter into India, want them to still run the business and uh, give their name, give their brand and give them 150 crores to buy 30% secondary stake. And my obvious questions were, it will, will it help you increase your product basket? Will it help you increase uh, getting into different geographies? 
there were a lot of synergies which they said yes, but they decided against this. And their whole thought process was, if we sell this, our business is growing at 20% per annum with a decent EBITDA margin. Uh, they want to target and make 25% compounded returns in my business. Uh, while if I invest through you, you will give me 10 to 15% compounded returns and compounding makes a huge difference. Now, what happened? I would not get into the long story, but one of the brothers passed away. And his son, uh, who was completing his education overseas, in fact, before completion, he was asked to come back to India and join the business with his uncle. And uh, son was extremely unhappy because this is the business which he could not relate with. He wanted to start up something absolutely new age businesses. And he could not relate with this kind of a culture. And uh, later on, uh, four years later, both uncle and nephew could not get along with each other and they went uh, legal. And that legal battle kept on happening for 10, 12 years. And today you do not hear their brand. You do not hear about uh, their business. What was 500 crores value business in early 99, highest return, zero risk. Today it has become actually the other way around. It has become the highest risk. Besides that, it has destroyed the harmony in the family. So it's extremely important, extremely important for various business owners, entrepreneurs to demarcate between personal wealth or business. Businesses go through cycles. You need to have a clear cut roadmap that this is the sum of money which can give me financial independence. And that is something where our profession comes into picture where we deal with very successful people who have a potential to create unicorns or $100 million kind of a personal wealth or 100 crores plus kind of a personal wealth but they need to make a beginning at some place. But today I would say that thought process is changing a lot. If 20 years back, uh, one out of 100 used to agree to do this, today at least 40, 50% of them, they agree to do this, that yes, till 40, maybe I need to become financially independent or 45, I need to become financially independent. And then I may work for next 15, 20 years. And then, uh, uh, maybe invest into different businesses, invest into new age businesses, which are creating unicorns over here, sell a part of my stake in the traditional business. So that thought process is sinking in. So I would say uh, times have changed. This industry has evolved a lot over the last 25 years. And next five, 10, 15, 20 years, it will further evolve. And people will start realizing the benefit of, or entrepreneurs will start realizing the benefit of attaining financial independence because that will give them a peace of mind. Tomorrow, whatever risk they can take in business, in fact, it will give them cushion to take that risk because they know if something goes wrong with the business, at least personal needs or family needs are taken care of. Absolutely. That's the important thing that if something goes wrong, that is the foresight that entrepreneurs don't have today at all. And that takes me uh, to the last question. Your story was really powerful, Himanshu. So thank you for sharing that story of, of your client. Uh, the last question that I wanted to ask in this chat, you know, and again, this is one of the challenges uh, that I see a lot of entrepreneurs who I'm coaching nowadays face. Partners, how mm. to amicably run a firm with partners, how to ensure that the firm stays together even if partners don't always agree. 
And Himanshu, uh, it's a well-known fact that you and Rohit started off creating client associates together. But today you all run separate businesses, but you all have a beautiful, amicable relationship where you all are both using the brand name, client associates, doing the same business, but running separate ventures completely. What are the tricks? What are the secrets that you can share to have managed this so beautifully, handled all the sensitivities on both your part, both you and Rohit, how have you all managed to handle the sensitivities so well and ensure that client associates has grown in leaps and bounds rather than letting it affect you? So I would say, Toma, there are uh, any relationship, husband, wife, father, son, partners, uh, in relationship, there are three elements which are involved. One is uh, love, second is respect, third is trust. Sometimes I have seen a husband and wife, they have lost love for each other, but respect is there and trust is there. Sometimes I have seen father and son, they have lost respect for each other, but love is there and trust is there. But I have hardly seen anything where trust is lost. Even if there is love and respect, those relationships do not last. So when you get into any partnership, there needs to be an element of trust. And as I mentioned, three T's, trust, talent, and transparency, they are the core pillars of client associates. So in partnership, trust needs to be there. And to make a successful partnership, either you need to have a complementary skill sets, that one is good in technology, the other is good in finance, the, uh, and then roles are clearly defined. Uh, that's an easy way to manage. But there could be a case where you have similar skill sets, similar skill sets. And then you really need to create a model where you can get operational freedom. So operationally, you are independent. While strategically, you are still together. You still align to the common vision with which you started with. That is something which is very, very important. So I would say we have actually got uh, similar skill sets. But there is a huge element of trust which is something which is binding us together and say, okay, fine, we want to give each one operational freedom so that any decision day to day, that is very, very smooth. But strategically, we are aligned together. And if you see, this is the model which is being followed in the West also, where partners comes together or founders comes together and they define how they want to do it, whether they want to play different roles in the organization or they want to have a different PNL. And then each one is aligned to those values or the culture or the vision which you have crafted. So we decided this way back in 2012, once we completed 10 years, that we need to give each one space. We need to respect each one's thought process. And there needs to be a maturity whereby we can understand this and still run as one organization, but maybe uh, operationally have PNLs which we would we are completely owners of. So today, if we have to take a decision to invest in a certain geography or certain business, and if we are doing it out of our PNL, we have complete ownership of that. So there's no pressure of that comes into picture. And believe me, Koma, last eight, nine years, uh, this is one of the best decisions which we took, whereby we give operational freedom. So I would say our partnership model is actually becoming a case study in the industry today. A lot of partners today who have started and some of them who have left client associates and started their partnership firms or some of the other ones which were into existence, they actually adopted client associates partnership model, which has become a case study in the industry itself. 
So it happens uh, in the US, I know, like there are various federal states, but United States is still one nation. Similarly, client associates is one end organization, but there could be a federal state system whereby we have the freedom to work. And uh, it not, it's not only restricted to two of us. Even under us, we have teams whereby we have given them the complete freedom to run their own PNLs. They run the PNLs and they're all aligned to the similar vision, similar thought process. Uh, and then they are, so we are able to nurture more and more uh, entrepreneurs within client associates who also follow a similar model over here. So it's a very, very successful model. In fact, I feel very happy that we actually could initiate certain new things in the country. One, starting a professional organization in the space of private wealth management in 2002, no one actually dared to do this. Second, we could pioneer the concept of family office. Third, we could pioneer this concept of partnership the way it needs to be run. So these have actually become the examples in the country today and many more are following this. Himanshu, thank you for sharing that. You don't know how long, what a long way what you shared is going to go with a lot of people who are struggling to figure out how to handle partnerships and especially the relationship is conflictual. So there's a beautiful way of being able to do it and you've shown the way. And uh, I think the kind of insights you have given is absolutely amazing. I love the analogy you drew between USA and client associates. It's a really nice analogy. And uh, without realizing one more thing, Himanshu, which you haven't mentioned, you probably realize it. You have actually developed many entrepreneurs in your organization. So all your team members work as if they are running their own businesses. So that kind of ownership is there since you have given them their own PLs. They run, they are running with that the level of commitment that entrepreneurs have for their organization. So you are creating many entrepreneurs. And this is another thing which is I feel the way long-term businesses can work if team members within the organization can be entrepreneurs and who can feel that they own the business. So I think that's a beautiful point you brought out yourself. Himanshu, thank you very much. I think the kind of value you've added and the kind of messages you have for entrepreneurs out there will really be very, very helpful to all the listeners. Thank you very, very much for everything and for coming on the chat show. No, no, thanks, Toma. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. If you would like to be a successful entrepreneur, then I would like to invite you to join my community. Contact me through my website under the name of Kamalini Roy. That is K-A-M-A-L-I-N-I-R-O-Y dot com. Kamalini Roy. I will repeat that for you. K-A-M-A-L-I-N-I-R-O-Y dot com. You can also choose to continue learning for free through all the valuable content I put out in my YouTube channel under my name, Kamalini Roy. If you have enjoyed my podcast, please do put out a review on Apple Podcast. I look forward to personally reading your comments and reviews. I would also like to invite you to share your questions and challenges with me so that I can address them and help you with solutions through my podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to Successful Entrepreneurs Podcast by Kamalini Roy. Just hit that subscribe button and see you at my next episode.